Welcome to the Marvelous Madams podcast, where we are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. I'm your host, Madam Amy. As part of our Marvelous Artists series, I'm talking with fan artists, cosplayers, and other creators who are passionate about the Marvel Universe. Today's interview is a real treat for all you gamers. I'm talking with a full-time illustrator and game artist out of New York City who moonlights as an MCU fan artist. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hi, thank you for having me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I work full-time as an illustrator, like you said, and um, for the most part, I do a lot of MCU fan art online. All right. You also do some game art? Yeah, I worked for a game studio for four years, and I have kind of moved a little bit away from the game world industry. So um, I I do still freelance for game company sometimes, but for the most part, I'm concentrating on illustration. All right. Are there any games that you have done any work for that we may have we may know about? <laughs> Probably not. I work for a lot of small game companies. The last game company that I worked for is a very, very tiny one. And um, we published a couple of app games. There was a like a magical card game and there was another one where it was kind of like uh the best way I can describe it is furries in space. That paints a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Some more in, uh, mobile games. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, mostly art game, uh, app games. Sorry. All right. Okay. That's interesting. So how or when did you discover the MCU? So uh, the MCU, I pretty much started following along from the very beginning when Iron Man 1 came out and that really just sank its hooks into me and just dragged me into the whole MCU world and the fandoms that followed and um, a tiny stint in the comic book world too. Okay, I know the feeling because uh, Tony is by far my favorite character as well. And... um, Iron Man, the first movie, is just one of those perfect movies that you can watch over and over again. Right. I really love that movie. And I just thought they did such a great job introducing Tony Stark to the MCU and introducing the MCU in general, because that was the movie that started everything. And that was such a great beginning. And it really gave the universe room to grow and to, you know, become what it become what it is today yeah that's true so what is it about the movies that you relate to the most uh i feel like these superheroes they're very human they have their own fallacies they have their own vulnerabilities and i really enjoy seeing that on screen they're not perfect most of these people don't really have superpowers with the exception of you know steve and thor and the hulk in terms of the original six. Right. So half of them are not even super powered. And I felt like that was so great. Um, In other superhero teams, it might be like they're all powered. And then it's just kind of like, okay, they're really cool. And like, you can see them for being fun characters, but they're hard to relate to. But here, these are just people doing their best. Right. They're not two dimensional, um, just here for the action. They have feelings and emotions and their struggles and, Uh, they're human right and these feelings and these struggles end up shaping 
the consequences of what comes. Exactly. Yeah. So you are a fan of Tony Stark. Would that be safe to say? Definitely a big fan of Tony Stark, of course. All right. And also you ship Stony quite a bit. Yes, I do. That's pretty much the main body of my work at this time. So for our listeners who don't know what Stony is, could you could you tell us? Yeah, um, it's the ship between Steve and Tony, uh, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark, Captain America and Iron Man. It's a romantic ship for the most part. But yeah, that's, um, I've been into the both of them from the very beginning. Okay. And what is it about this ship that uh, attracted you so much? They have such great chemistry. Um, I actually started shipping them before Steve Rogers was even casted in the MCU. So um, it, their their ship has existed for for many, many years in the comics. And I got into Civil War when Iron Man 1 came out, the Civil War comic books. And um, that really made me ship Steve and Tony together because they had such great chemistry. They're storylines are so intricately tied together in every universe they're in they basically are two sides of a coin and they always almost always exist with each other and um it's just kind of like a romantic notion that they're together in every universe kind of thing (laughs) that really drew me in okay and then yeah and then when they first appeared together in avengers one and mcu that was just explosive like they had such great chemistry. They were the way that they were bantering and then working together so well. Everything was just magical for me. Okay. Yeah, they definitely do have fantastic chemistry and they do play off each other really well. Yes, for sure. So any favorite moments of the two of them together? I think the end games ooh, is, is, is spoilers. I think it's okay for spoilers now. Yeah, right? yeah it's I think at this point we're safe. <laughs> Okay. Um, in Endgame, when they time traveled back to 1970 and um, had their own adventure in in the camp in New Jersey, I can't remember what the camp is called, the fort. And um, they went on that whole adventure undercover to to recover the Tesseract. I thought that was great. That was very fun. Right. Yeah. They wanted to recover the Tesseract and get some more pin particles. Right. And along the way, uh, Tony meets his father. And that was uh, another layer to his character that we got to see. Yeah. And I do love that really small scene that they have where we have a lady in the elevator with them and Tony just steps ahead in order to protect Cap to just hide his identity for that moment. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So really small little moments that they have in between that that really define who they are. Yeah, and um, it's moments like those that really show how much they actually care about each other, you you know, just as friends canonically, but they do um, very much care about each other and they do work very well together. Yeah, they do. So you have been creating some really beautiful artwork for them and the MCU in general. Um, Do you have any formal training? I do. I went to art school. Okay. I went to school for art and it's, 
I didn't always choose to go to art school. You know, like parents, they're always like, oh, you should do something more lucrative or academic, be a lawyer or doctor. Right. Yeah. Art is Um, so unconventional. You can't make money out of it. Right. That's the that's the mindset of especially the older generation. But I chose to do it anyways. And they. Yeah. Yeah, they they weren't super happy about it, but they have been supportive for the most part because I've been proving that I could make a career out of this and I am making a career out of this. So it's really just parental worry where they think they don't want their children to struggle. But I'm once they realize that you're going to be okay, they'll come around too. Yeah, that's true. So when did you start creating work for the MCU? I think I did some Loki work back in 2012. I was a huge Loki fan too. Really? Yeah, um, 2012 was like my my Loki phase. I was obsessed with Loki. Loki was like my boy. Everything I did was <laughs> Loki at that time. So no uh, Steve and Tony yet, but that was how it pretty much started for me. I got really into the Loki end of things and just kind of came back around to Steve and Tony later on. Oh, Chris is going to be so bummed that she isn't here because she is obsessed with Loki and Tom Middleston. Understandably so. (laughs) I definitely can relate to that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should just tell her, you know what, pop in and I'll take a step back. You guys can go nuts together. Oh, we we probably will because um, the Loki love doesn't fade. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been experiencing that firsthand. <laughs> there there was a Loki's army back in the day. I'm not sure if that's still like a thing anymore, but there was a whole movement to call the fandom Loki's army. And that was just so great because there was so much Loki content. There was so much love for him, especially in avengers when avengers one came out that was when the height of the loki fever was really really like going right yeah yeah i mean i'm not a crazy loki fan but even i knew about it so i know how big (laughs) this is so then what made you sort of switch to steve and tony I had always liked the pairing from the beginning, but uh, it wasn't really a concentration for me for a long time. I was in different fandoms for a while, not MCU related. And then um, Infinity War happened. And then Steve Rogers had that beard and the hair. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And, you know, that just like really grabbed me by the throat and was like, "Okay, you're going right into this fandom right now yeah that changed things that definitely changed things um i have to confess that i like i've always known steve rogers chris evans was an objectively attractive man like he's objectively good looking but it wasn't until infinity war where i was like oh my god he is so hot (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean he is absolutely uh an attractive man he's I would go to say he's a bit too attractive. It's distracting. He just looks so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember I was watching in Defending Jacob. Uh, it's it's a serious show, you know, with real 
consequences and things like that. But I just couldn't stop looking at him. Very powerful in that show. The way that he held himself was just, it, it just emanated so much power, especially since he was a lawyer. And even when he was very vulnerable, you could still see him exude that. Yeah. Yeah. He carried himself with grace through all those troubling times. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you use, what medium do you use uh, to create your work? Um, I work completely digitally. I work on Photoshop and I have a uh, drawing tablet, a Wacom tablet. Right. Yeah. So it's purely Photoshop? Yeah, I just work straight from beginning to end. It's all Photoshop. Wow. Okay. And what would you say is by far your most favorite piece of art that you have created so far? Um, I believe that would be the Valkyrie piece that I've done where she's riding on uh, the Pegasus. It's based off of the, the very famous Napoleon painting where she's where the horse is rearing and he's pointing a sword. And um, that was my MCU interpretation of the painting where she, because that that painting was done right when they announced that she was going to be king in Thor 4 there was a panel i believe where they announced that Valkyrie was going to be um was going to take over Asgard so i just did that painting and the pegasus is on the bifrost and she has the she has the sword with her and there's the I I really love religious iconography. I just like to throw it into things usually for fun. It, it there's no religious connotation really. But um I would put it in a lot of drawings for for the design elements and that came in really that worked really well for that piece too cuz she has a halo behind her. Yeah, I've seen that work. It's gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Um you've done something similar uh in terms of the halo with Captain Marvel as well, haven't you? Yes, uh, that was that. That was more kind of like a glow for her. It wasn't necessarily a halo or anything religious. I just, I just really liked the design elements, and I felt like it worked for that piece in in particular. Okay, so what was your inspiration for this AU series that you're doing right now with Stephen Tony, the tattoo AU? So I'm doing a tattoo AU with Steve and Tony where I covered the both of them in a bunch of tattoos. The uh, original beginning of the whole series, it wasn't ever meant to be a series. I only wanted to draw Steve covered in tattoos because I just thought he would look good, honestly. <laughs> but um, But it developed into a whole alternate universe that I've been doing a lot of work in because I just really liked where it was going. All of the tattoos have their own meanings. Uh, you can find a lot of the descriptions on my Tumblr. I've written extensively about the meanings of the tattoos and why they have them. So it is an AU based on the idea that Tony survives Endgame at the cost of his arm that he used to snap the gauntlet. And he lost uh, his right eye as well because of the way the stones took away from him right the idea is that he survived endgame and uh the other part of the idea is that steve had always struggled with depression and how his body looked 
So it's kind of a little bit of, um, I want to say dysphoria where he, where he was, where he wasn't ever used to the big body because he came from such a tiny, weak body. And then suddenly in the blink of an eye, he's this big, powerful guy. I'm sure it takes a lot of getting used to and a lot of adjustment. And maybe in this universe, he didn't really fully acclimate to the way that he looks. So this is his way of reclaiming his body is him putting artwork on it because he was an artist. So him putting artwork on his own body is Steve's way of reclaiming his own body for himself. That that makes a lot of sense. I I actually like that quite a bit. Oh, thank you. I, I really felt like in the MCU, they should have addressed his depression better because I know that they filmed some scenes in Avengers 1 where he was walking through New York and seeing all the changes and being lonely and kind of just looking sad. And they never really added that into the movie itself. And they just released that as a deleted scene. But I really felt like that could have given him a lot more depth as a character and explained a lot of his choices moving forward and why Bucky was so important to him. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that they do overall, as the Infinity Saga, they do try to address some of the issues that all the characters are facing. Of course, we as fans would want to know to see more, but they try, they're trying really hard to balance it with the bombastic action and not get too heavy or too deep because these movies are, after all, PG-13. Right, and they want it to be fun for the family, not... I understand that like people probably don't want like a deep dive into these characters like sad brains that would be kind of like a bummer for the action but I I just I just felt like little nuggets like that they kind of really tell you a lot about the character. Yeah, I think maybe if they would do certain like like they did the Marvel one shots if they could do a little smaller things like that it would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, like our podcast is basically dedicated to going deeper and looking at the deeper meanings. And one of the things that I did actually feel, we just covered the Avengers, where Steve's sudden change in attitude from Captain America, the first Avenger to the Avengers, there is a drastic change and there should have been more to explain his thought process at the time and his just general you know, him feeling out of place. Um, I think they kind of let the audience do all of the work in that case. They just, you know, threw Steve 70 years into the future. So the audience is supposed to automatically be like, oh, he might be sad, but not everybody gets that, I feel, because everybody sees him as this larger than life character. They forget that he's human and they forget that he has his own feelings too. So they must be like, oh, he's Captain America, so he has to be fine. Yeah, exactly. They don't see the the conflict going on in, in his mind. Right, and they sh- did show that a little bit with the late night boxing of him wrecking all of those sandbags um, when Nick Fury walks in on him. But it it wasn't really any kind of discussion about his mindset at the time. He was just stressed. He couldn't sleep. And not everybody can really make the connection that he's 
severely depressed and anybody would be if they lost so much of their lives. Yeah, true. And if someone comes in who hasn't seen uh, the first Avenger and just came in straight and saw the Avengers, wouldn't get that. They wouldn't know the backstory and they wouldn't think about the fact that Cap is struggling at this point. It just comes across as aggression. And they wouldn't really see the drastic change in behavior too. how he was quite happy in in his first movie and the Captain America movie. And now he's just kind of really withdrawn and kind of uptight. He wasn't like that at all in Captain America First Avenger. Yeah, yeah. It's a major change in attitude. Yeah, and the change in attitude carried on throughout the rest of the movies. And he didn't really kind of come around. He never came back to the original Steve Rogers before everything happened and before he went into the ice. Even in Endgame, he was still kind of very uptight and very withdrawn almost. Especially more so maybe because of what happened in Infinity War and all of the loss with the snap. Yeah. Oh, that that must have killed him inside. Yeah, definitely. So are you a fan of any other artists in this fandom? Uh, So some of my favorite artists in the Steve Tony fandom are... really awesome people there's arting grace who does superb steven tony fan art through the universes and she has amazing merch there is also suppy from uh suppy doodles on twitter and her art is just the absolute cutest it is always so fuzzy and warm and adorable there's vina sieris i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing your name nona (laughs) they have the most amazing style and artwork and there's also, of course, Hey Doc Potts. That's Tonio. Tonio has incredible style and he always draws the best Tony Starks. So absolutely huge fan. Yeah, but this um, the Steve Tony fandom especially has so many incredible artists. We never run out of amazing talent here. Yeah, uh, the MCU on the whole is just incredible. The, the fandom, the amount of creativity is amazing. Yeah, the work caliber is so high. It's just so inspiring to be part of a fandom where every piece of work is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, it and there's is. so much of it. Yeah, it is. You know, like I before we started recording, I told you I just went down a rabbit hole on your Tumblr, and I I thought to myself, you know what, that's it. I'm gonna get back into oil painting because it's been ages since I've picked up a paintbrush, and I'm I'm inspired today. Oh, that's so awesome. So do you read fanfic? I I do. I do read a lot of fanfic. I pretty much will have a fanfic with me and I'll just read it until I fall asleep <laughs> and then put it away. Okay. So any favorite uh, fanfic writers? There are countless amazing writers in the fandom. I can't even begin to list all of my favorites, but some of the ones that I absolutely adore their work for is Firebrands. Firebrands has some of the most um, emotional and poignant Steve Tony fix ever. And I had the pleasure of working with Firebrands on a collab once. And there's also, of course, the OG Saber CMC. Saber writes the best Steve and Tony fix. And, I'm co- and of course, I'm sure people in the fandom have already heard of Celestial Navigation and a lot of her other super amazing works. 
And another favorite of mine is Got the Silver. She writes absolutely incredible work, very great flow and amazing style in her work. And she also wrote this amazing endgame AU where it just fixed all of my feelings for the movie. <laughs> all right. Um, are you a part of are you a part of any other fandoms right now? At the moment, no. Uh, I usually concentrate on one fandom at a time because I just have tunnel vision and I just want to make every piece of work possible for it. Okay. Could you tell our listeners where can they find you? I am on Twitter most often. Uh, that My handle on Twitter is Pineapple Breads with an S. I am also on Tumblr and I am sometimes on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I also have a shop where I have some prints and I have enamel pins as well that I've made of characters from the MCU. It's pineapplebread.bigcartel.com. Okay, I have to ask, where did pineapple bread come from? Pineapple bread is a Chinese pastry. I used to have one pretty much every day before work. I would go to the bakery, I would buy a pineapple bread and then I would eat it on a subway on my way to work every day <laughs> and um so there is absolutely no pineapple and pineapple bread okay that's good because i'm allergic to pineapple <laughs> <laughs> yeah because because every because everybody um asks me what a pineapple bread is but there is absolutely no pineapple in pineapple bread it is uh pretty much a brioche bun with a sweet cookie topping it doesn't taste like pineapple it is it's only called pineapple bread because it looks like a pineapple bread from the texture of the crust on top of the bread. Okay, now I'm hungry. <laughs> you can also find Jay's work on our website, themarvelousmadams.com, where she's featured as a marvelous artist for the month of September. If you're new to the podcast, we have a series on phase one of the MCU as well as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Madams. Thanks for listening. We'll be returning with new episodes starting October 19th when we start covering Marvel's new Hulu series, Hellstrom.